What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. As always, my name is Caleb Rutherford. I'm the host of this particular podcast that airs here on the Scattered Abroad Network. And as always, I'm just so appreciative, so grateful that you're with me uh, as we continue to go through this series of 2 Peter chapter 1. We're looking at this idea of what is Christian living, and we have been uh, made, made it through the first, I guess, four or five episodes, um, and today we're going to be continuing a part two of this idea of knowledge. Uh, but before we get to that, I just want to say how appreciative I am uh, of you all as an audience, as a listener. Some of you have been uh, listening ever since the uh, the conception of this podcast, um, which has been I don't know four years ago now. Uh, so it's it's been it's been a quite a, quite a journey. Um, hopefully that there you have seen growth and uh, improvement. Uh, as I as I hope that, that that I'm always continuing to get better at this, uh, but then also I'm just grateful to see the growth of the network, um, the scattered abroad network, uh, and and to see you know where we started a couple of years ago to where we are now. It's just uh, just a blessing and a joy uh, to be able to be a part of this network to help co-direct it alongside Michael. Uh, it's just 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 a blessing, uh, and I hope that it's been something that's beneficial to you. Uh, we strive to put out content every single day, uh, 365 days out of the year. Uh, that's something that no one else is. Uh, has really been able to do or even attempted to do, I guess, in the brotherhood. Um, and But that that's what our goal is. We're striving for that. Um, we, we fall short of that because sometimes scheduling uh, doesn't always uh, line up. Uh, but but we, we generally, for the most part, try to do that. So just, just thank you so much. If you're looking for information about the network, you can find it all on our show notes below. Or you can go to scatteredabroad.org and find out all the information you need to there. Sign up for our newsletter, read more about our host, read some of our articles and blogs. You can go to our YouTube channel, uh, all major podcast platforms. We are everywhere that you need uh, any kind of media entertainment. Uh, we're trying to put all ourselves out there. So just again, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, today, we're talking about this idea of knowledge. What is Christian living concerning Second Peter chapter 1, specifically this idea of knowledge? And last week, we opened this entire uh, episode up by talking about this, this fact that zeal without knowledge is dangerous. Zeal without knowledge is dangerous. Um, we talked about a couple of ideas concerning this, but before we um, kind of rehash those things, and then uh, before we move on to something new, I want to uh, I want to read this passage here in Romans chapter ten, Romans ten, beginning in verse one. Paul said, "Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved, for I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge." So we talked about zeal without knowledge being dangerous. How Sometimes you can have a zeal for something. You can have a passion, a fire, a, a drive, a will to do something. Uh, but without knowledge, sometimes those things can be pointed in the wrong direction. And that's exactly how Paul was. In fact, Paul knew all about that. You read through the book of Philippians there in chapter 3. He talks about how uh, all of those things were going on, how he thought he, had a, he was doing what he needed to do. Um, but really, without the knowledge, it was something that was detrimental to to the cause of Jesus Christ and the church. So there's a few things that I think I want that that I think are important to pull out of this text here in Romans chapter ten. The first one was this, uh, and we talked about this last week. But the idea of Paul wanting salvation to be obtained, he he made sure that these people to whom he was talking, he that that they knew exactly what kind of condition, what kind of state they were in, talking about the fact that they were in a lost condition. 
And we understand God wants all men to be saved. First Timothy 2, 4, 2 Peter 3 and verse 9. Um, God wants all to be saved. And Paul understood that because Paul knew what it was like to be in that lost state. Um, and so he's making righteous judgments here. John 7, verse 24. He's doing it in love, Ephesians 4, 15. And he's making sure they knew their lost condition. And he wanted them to know that salvation can be obtained. But then the second thing was... He is, he's telling them is this, that they are ignorant because of refusal, right? They were zealous, but they were ignorant and they were ignorant of the will of God. But why was it that they were ignorant? Well, it wasn't because Paul hadn't taught them. It wasn't because nobody had opened up the gospel and tried to teach them. It wasn't because uh, they hadn't heard, but rather it was just simply because they were refusing. They were stubborn and they didn't want to change and they didn't want to go with God and walk the way that he wanted them to walk. And I think sometimes that, that describes us, and I'm sure we talked about this last week, uh, but sometimes we reject the truth simply because of stubbornness uh, or arrogance, perhaps. Um, and when we're presented with a crossroads, what do we do? We need to make sure that, uh, uh, that, that we're humble enough to accept the truth for what it is. But then I think number three about the knowledge of the gospel how they knew, right? They had the prophecies, the eyewitnesses. Uh, they had everything that they needed to know in order to believe in Jesus. And yet what was the end result? Nothing, nothing, even though they had a knowledge of the gospel. But then number four, and this is, this is where we left off. And this is what we're going to pick up right here. Number four, pliable and receptive hearts, pliable and receptive hearts. And what I mean by this, by that is this, this was essentially their downfall right here, wasn't it? They didn't have a heart that was willing to be molded. They were zealous, but they didn't have knowledge. They were here. They were without knowledge because they refused to learn. You and I must have pliable and receptive hearts when it comes to the truth. The idea that you and I are able and willing to be molded by the truth, that, that, that we're allowing the gospel to, to do what it does to people and that it pricks the hearts of men and that you and I are able to then make a decision. Romans 2 and verse 5, but in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation by the righteous judgment of God. But then lastly, I think about this, the idea of being ready to learn. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. You and I owe it to ourselves, don't we? We owe it to ourselves to guard ourselves, to guard our hearts. You and I have to have hearts, attitudes, minds that are ready and willing to learn. There's a, an occasion that, that comes to my mind. When I think about Acts chapter 18, if you have a moment, you can turn there. I'm going to read it here in just a moment. But I think about an individual by the name of Apollos. Uh, Apollos was someone that uh, was, who was described of as someone who was uh, eloquent and mighty in the scriptures. In other words, he, he, knew, he, he knew what the gospel was saying. He knew what he needed to do. He wasn't someone who had never heard. He wasn't someone uh, who was ignorant of the scriptures, but he knew he had been instructed of the, in the way of the Lord. He it was fervent in that, but he only knew of the baptism of John. And so Paul begins to boldly teach him, but notice uh, what, or excuse me, uh, he is, is, is teaching and preaching, but he's only knowing the baptism of John. So notice what happens here in verse 26. So when he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but then Aquila and Priscilla heard him. They took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. He was zealous, 
He had some knowledge, but he needed more. You see, you and I have to be willing to have open and willing hearts. Hearts that are willing to be receptive. Hearts that are willing to learn, to grow, to be better, to get to where we need to be. That's how you and I are pleasing to God. But then you can, can, you, can, but then you can continue going on to the book of Acts and you read about another scenario. You flip that coin, so to speak. And you look at Acts chapter 26 there and you notice in verse 28, Paul has been teaching. He's been trying to help uh, King Agrippa. But, but listen to verse 28. Then Agrippa said to Paul, you almost, almost persuade me to become a Christian. He sure was close to it, wasn't he? Close, but close doesn't count. Close only counts in uh, uh, horseshoes and hand grenades, right? That's what they say. See, knowledge, he knew what he needed to do, but unlike Apollos, his heart wasn't receptive. Don't be like Apollos. Don't be like, uh, or excuse me, don't be like Agrippa, someone who heard the scripture, someone who had the knowledge, but who lacked the willingness to carry that out, who lacked the willingness to allow that to shape his life. Don't be like Agrippa. Be like Apollos. Have a receptive heart, someone who is willing to mold and change his life to that of the gospel. But then the second thing I think about is this. I think about number two, it's not all about knowledge. And I, I know that sounds kind of interesting because we're talking about uh, this is part two of a series that is entirely on knowledge. But what do I, so what do we mean by when we say it's not all about knowledge? Well, we can be knowledgeable about some things, can't we? We can quote some scriptures. We can quote names, we can quote facts. In fact, at the time that I'm reading this, or, or um, recording this this episode, um, we're going through where, where I'm currently working at, uh, at the Roanoke Church of Christ in Roanoke, Texas. Um, we're going through the Old Testament of the survey in the Engraving Heavenly Truths curriculum. And uh, obviously that's a fact-based system, uh, but we're, we're going over many of these big lists in the Old Testament, lists uh, like the 12 sons of Jacob and the 10 plagues and uh, all, of, all of the judges and all of those things. And, and certainly it's good to know those and to be able to quote those, but we have to be able to understand what it means, don't we? We have to be able to understand what these things are talking about. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, uh, beginning in verse 15. Let me let me turn over there real quick. Second Timothy chapter 2, beginning of verse uh, 15. Paul, speaking to, to young Timothy, says this, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Diligent. Spadadzo is the Greek word. Make effort and haste. Put forth a diligent effort. Timothy, make sure that you are in a good standing. And in an approved state by God. Well, how? Well, it's impossible to know how to do this until you do what? Until you study. Second Peter chapter 3, beginning in verse 18. Peter is speaking to Christians and he says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be both the glory now and forever. Amen. Grow in the understanding of Jesus Christ. Understand that your, your, your level of knowledge and thirst for him and about him should never, ever be quenched or satisfied. How do you do that? You do so through a study of his word. Go back a few pages to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 5, beginning uh, in verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, the Hebrews writer says, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you've come to need milk and not solid food. 
For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. The idea of having meat over milk. And I know that sounds kind of funny, but when, when you think about a child, a, a baby, and I have a one-year-old uh, at home right now, and so I, we are seeing her transition through this phase where uh, she is uh, not on milk all that much, and she's eating solid foods. Well, the same should be for us as Christians. We should always be advancing ourselves, spiritually speaking, shouldn't we? Weaning ourselves off the milk, putting ourselves onto the meat. But you see, here's, here's the interesting thing. When you think about this, it... it it's easy, isn't it, to be a spiritual infant? It's easy to take that plunge into the watery grave of baptism, to know what the gospel's teaching you, to obey that gospel call, to rise up out of the water and to walk in newness of life as a new creature, and that be it. That's easy, isn't it? It's easy for you and I to come week by week and to sit in the pew. It's easy for us to come week by week And to just simply go through the motions, to show up for worship, to check off that box, to say, elders, preacher, I'm here. And then to just stay there. It's easy to not grow, to not improve, to not move. But you see, it takes effort, doesn't it? Diligence to grow. And that's what we're commanded to do. But then I also think about John chapter 7, beginning in verse 17. John's recording of uh, his gospel account here, talking about Jesus and his ministry. And notice in the context here of John 7, there's a grumbling among the Jews. There are some people, some of the people like him, some of the people are very fond of him, but some of the people are not. Some of the people don't like him at all. And so he appears in the temple to teach, and, and verse 15 says, how does this man know letters having never studied? They are appalled. They don't understand how Jesus knows these things without having never been to school, having never had any kind of education. But notice how he responds in verse 16. Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. Jesus said, Look, what I'm saying, it's from God. What I'm saying, it's literally the words from the very creator, from the one who created you. When I think about Almighty God giving us his word and within it showing us how to be saved, Romans 1 verse 16, take great pride in that. Take great comfort, great joy that he gave us those things. But also understand this, and this is number three as we begin to close out this episode. True knowledge equals responsibility. True knowledge equals responsibility. As Christians, you and I have to understand what a great responsibility is laid upon us. How it's our duty to study, to become knowledgeable. It is so much more than just saying, I have knowledge. I know what I'm supposed to do, and then just leave it at that. A couple of things I want to think about as we close out this episode. Number number one, I have to make application. It doesn't do you any good, does it, Christian, to study, to read, to memorize, etc., and then just do nothing with it. Like I said, we're we're going through here at at Roanoke, um, we're going through the EHT curriculum, fact-based system. 
But brothers and sisters, friends, it doesn't do us any good to memorize these things, to embed them within our minds, and then do nothing with it. You're like, look, you and I could be the most eloquent speaker, which I am not by any means an eloquent speaker. And you, you hear me on this podcast so many times get tripped up over my words because sometimes my, my brain moves faster than my mouth. I'm not an eloquent speaker. But you could take someone who is the most eloquent speaker, the most studious student. And yet if they or we lack the will to make application, it does us no good whatsoever. In James chapter 1, beginning of verse 22, James says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But, here's the contrast, he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Don't just be a hearer, be a doer. Number three, or number two, excuse me, share it with others. And I guess this one's kind of obvious, isn't it? Be someone who was willing and excited to share the good news. It's the great commission. 2 Timothy 4 and verse 2 tells us to preach the word. Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20 tells us that we have been commanded by God, by Jesus, who has all authority to take the gospel into the world. Mark 16, 15 and 16, preach it to every single creature. Be someone who's excited, willing, ready, happy to share the good news with the world. Not only through your words, though, but also through your example. First Timothy 4 and verse 12, let no one despise your youth, but be thou an example, Paul tells Timothy. Evangelism has so much more to do, or it, it, it reaches beyond so much more than just the words you say, but also through your conduct. But then number three, know that you have never, ever arrived. Always understand that as it comes to you and your meter, so to speak, as it's continuing to rise, that it will always be able to continue to rise. There's always room to grow your knowledge. You'll never, ever reach the pinnacle of, being, of knowing all that you, you can know. But the Garland Elkins, a very um, studious, respected, reputable gospel preacher, said this. The biggest room in my life is the room for improvement. When I look at someone like that, a spiritual giant who says that he can continue to grow, man, I just see so many, many more places where I can grow. I found a quote that I want to read to you. Knowledge is a virtue to be realized in context with other virtues. It is no virtue at all when it becomes a device by which one attempts to lead God about and mold him into the image of man. Knowledge is important. In fact, it's demanded and it is required. But understand that it's something that can certainly be abused. We can take it and perhaps elevate ourselves above where we need to be. We can bring down God with it and make ourselves better than him, quote unquote. But when you respect it and you understand that it can help you, then it makes you far better off than if you were someone who, lead, who allows it to lead you astray because you don't handle it responsibly. I hope that this episode has been beneficial to you as we have closed out this topic on knowledge. Next week, we're going to open up a whole nother um, uh, virtue, Christian grace, if you want to call it, as we continue to answer this question, what is Christian living? Thank you so much for being with us today. Find all of our information in our show notes below, scatteredabroad.org. Sign up for everything you need to there. 
Go look at the network. Find all the other podcasts you want to. Look at all the other episodes. Thanks so much for being with us. I'll see you next week on this podcast. But until then, listen to all of these other podcasts that we have offering to you. Thank you so much for listening. And may God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.